welcome to the Nerd Party. Everybody. Welcome to Second Contact, a Star Trek Lower Decks commentary podcast. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as he always is, is Tristan Riddell. Hello, Tristan. We are here for the penultimate episode of season four, and it ends on a cliffhanger. Those three dirty words. How dare they? Oh, is it next Thursday yet? Is it next Thursday yet? It's 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 going to be interesting because like you talked about last week, you know, McMahon said, oh, the last two episodes are going to be really active and really, you know, bulked up in comparison to previous episodes. And and episode eight definitely felt like a kind of um kind of a wrap up for some character stories and some journeys and things like that for them. Every, not, not Wrap up isn't the right word, but for everybody to get together one last time before we go into the craziness that is the last two episodes. Yes, that. It was the calm before the storm, and we knew it. And now we're going to walk right into the hurricane. What we're going to do is you can watch along with us if you want. You can sync up, and we have a blank screen at about 23 seconds right after the CBS Studios logo thing. You can watch with us, but if you're driving around or just doing whatever, you're not near the TV. If you've seen the episode already, hopefully our commentary is enough to keep it entertaining and interesting and make you remember in your head what was happening at the episode at the time. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's do this. We'll count down three, two, one, go, and off we go. Three, two, one, go. Now, you know what I just realized? What? Last episode was called Caves, and we start this episode from the perspective of a cave. I was really thinking that we were going to get some references to the previous, you know, cave episode, um, even later on, like when Mariner and the Klingon are together and they're in like this little cave like area. And of course, they become friends, you know, because yeah. that's what you do at a cave. <laughs> yeah, but alas, no, we're on a very different kind of mission here. What was your reaction to, I kind of saw it as Mariner's very very, very bold attitude change here. Like we've seen her in this mode before, but it went from feel good last week to I want to save the day. I want to put my life on the line, blah, 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 blah. Well, this was, I was scared that what they were going to do is, it, it, I guess I was worried that they were going to go lean too hard into the whole, I don't want to get promoted. I want to get demoted and I'm, a, I'm afraid of success type deal. And yeah. It is linked to that, but, and I have said this before, and I'm afraid to say it again, but it feels like we got some closure on that aspect of her personality. <laughs> Maybe and more than we've ever gotten, but I've got more to say yes. on that later. <laughs> yeah. Once once we get to it, we'll, we'll talk more about it. But like, I thought it was going to be linked to that, but thankfully it was, it, it was, but not in an obnoxious way. It was kind of like in a, yes. like in a Balana way but not as intense dude i'm so glad you brought up balana because i was having huge extreme risk episode vibes from right. this whole thing yeah i don't know it's 
here's the thing with Mariner is this kind of behavior, it's not like it came out of nowhere, but it's just such a huge gear shift from where we were last week that it does feel like a little bit out of the blue. Like it's extreme. It's reached a new height. Yeah, it is a little bit out of the blue, but unfortunately for a lot of shows like this, especially like 30-minute sitcoms, especially animated sitcoms, so much does come out of the blue where it's just like, oh, well, this kind of happened off screen. You know, like this happened in between episodes. This is true. Lest we forget, we've got to basically just, we have to make that leap as the audience. This is where they're at right now. And then we connect the dots. Right, exactly. And this was one of those things where at least she wasn't, at least she was helping people. You know, she was being extreme and she was running around, but at least she wasn't derelict in her duty. You know, she's not going to get thrown into the brig for what she's doing. She's just taking too many (laughs) risks of her own personal safety. Right. And she's not just trying to start a bar fight for the sake of a bar fight, which we have seen this season. Like two episodes ago. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. It was on Franginar. Right. Yeah. It was nice to see. This is called the inner fight as opposed to the inner light. Yeah. I love the spin on that title. How about you? I thought, yeah. Yeah. It's It's, it's very lower decks. This has absolutely nothing to do with that episode of TNG. And nevertheless, it's so very perfect. Oh, yeah. TV shows love their puns in their titles. Especially this show. They do a good job. It I is do nice like to that see Mariner... Freeman. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was. Just, I, we're probably about to say the same thing. But like, I really liked seeing Mariner's mom, the captain, come in and say, like, and bring her closest friends in and her colleagues and say, like, what's going on? Yes. Yes, it's finally we are addressing this for real. People have noticed how bad this has gotten. And how long has this been going on? It's years. But they're finally addressing it now. It was really cool to get like a list of those names, like Seven of Nine, Beverly Crusher, Thomas Riker, Nick right? Lacarno. And like I love how like when they said Nick Lacarno and Tendy's like, who? Like, like that's the only <laughs> one that they don't know about. Like, oh no, she's not in on the joke. Yeah. Speaking of which, does this episode potentially ruin the whole headcanon most of us have had for years? You know, the whole Nick Lacarno, Tom Paris thing? Well, I don't think that there's any headcanon that they're the same person. Oh, but there is. Like, Nick Lacarno is really, or Tom Paris is really supposed to be Nick Lacarno because Robert Duncan McNeil played them both. They have the similar backstory. They just couldn't use the name because every time you do that, you got to pay the writer of the first duty. Well, yes, I yes, I, I I know that that's like the behind the scenes reason. But did anyone actually think that they were the same physical character or just a spinoff of the character because of X, Y, and Z? Uh, okay, maybe not. Like, yeah, not that, not that. Yeah, because I I never thought that they were the same person who existed in the universe. I, I thought it was like we all think that that's the reason that they like they didn't want to pay the writers because of X, Y, and Z or whatever. Like like Nick Lacarno and Tom. Paris are basically the same character, but yet they are different because they exist in Star Trek under different names. Yeah. Well, it didn't help that Admiral Owen Paris had a photo of Nick Lacarno on his <laughs> desk and it's supposed to be Tom at the Academy. So even the show itself is blurring these lines a little bit. And I've read more than one fanfic where Nick Lacarno tries to reform himself. He changes his name and becomes Tom Paris, tries to be a new person. You know, that's where it's all coming from. But then that's all washed away by Owen Paris because it's not Owen Lacarno. 
True. True. <laughs> and he's Don't a well-known ruin admiral. this fantasy, man. <laughs> well, Stop I think using what, your logic. For all of that, then the lower decks puts that to bed. That they it, are not there. There was no name change. They're two separate people no. who just happen to have very similar backstories. Right? Yeah. No. It it definitely is setting this record in canon. There's no way. And I do like at the end of the episode when we actually see Nick Lacarno. It's voiced by Robert Duncan McNeil. Yes. So great. (laughs) Loved it. I love that they got him to come back. Number Mm -hmm. one, but now two part two. I presume is going to be heavy on Nick Lacarno, and we can get to know this character a whole lot better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like anytime you can give me more Robert Duncan McNeil, I'm on board. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always fun. Every season of Lower Decks, we know we're going to get a kind of like a cameos from various mm-hmm. Trek alumni. And it's just a matter of who and what character they're playing. And so it's just like, OK, what's in the grab bag for this season? Oh, it's Robert Duncan McNeil. Hey, again. Cool. <laughs> Not a disappointment ever. I, I love the continuing reminder that birds of prey are actually quite small. Like they can only house about like fifteen warriors, something like that. And like when they're compa- yeah. when they're when you compare them next to a, a, a shuttle, I mean it's not that much bigger. I mean it's obviously bigger, but it's not that much bigger. And it reminds you like, oh yeah, like in Star Trek Four, the voyage home, like they landed in a park. You know, like they <laughs> they landed right. a bird of prey in a park. Right. Yeah. You could not do that with the Enterprise D. Really, no. probably any Enterprise. But of course, a bird of prey took down the Enterprise D because of X, Y, and Z. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Shield frequency, blah, blah, blah. Hacking into Geordi's visor. Meow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could. I love generations, but we could have done that differently. (laughs) That was kind of a weak plot point, though. Like, they tried. It just, eh. I don't know. There's better parts of that movie. Indeed. Indeed. So we didn't get much of Boimler in this. We got a little bit, a little bit. But uh, again, was... he's definitely a secondary character here. And I have mm-hmm. a question. I don't know if he has a scream in this episode. Is this the first episode of Lower Decks where Boimler does not genuinely scream? Oh, surely we've gone episodes where he doesn't scream. I don't know, man. It's been a very consistent thing. But here, I think all he kind of gets is like a little bit of a yelp, which I don't think counts. (laughs) And my theory has always been it's not actually an episode of Lower Decks until Boim's screams. It's a thing. So the people here on the planet are not the Lower Deckers. No. So the Lower, like this kind of confused me a little bit. So the Lower Deckers were the ones who took over the ships. Mm-hmm. And left the senior crew on the planet. Right. The senior crews are all deserted. This is where everybody was taken from what I thought was the whole V'ger thing. Mm-hmm. Turns out, nope, that was not it. It's Nick <laughs> Tear down ship. that theory. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea Nick Lacarno was coming. Holy crap, that was great. Well, I don't think I don't I really don't think anybody had that on their bingo card. Like I, I don't think anybody really could see that coming. And if you did see that coming, you were lying. Because <laughs> they really did not tip their hat to it whatsoever. They really didn't. It was nice and mysterious and it did take all of us by surprise. I think Mike McMahon said not too long ago that one person guessed it. 
on the whole internet. And it was oh, probably really? just some random guest to throw out there. And I have no idea who it was. Hey, well, then I take everything I just said back. There was yeah. one person out there who guessed it. <laughs> that one I mean, person on the internet is like, I was right. So, I mean, obviously, like when we saw Nick Lacarno's name at the beginning of this, you're like, oh, okay. You know, well, he he's probably flying the shuttle or like he made the shuttle because he's a pilot. I'm just saying you didn't guess it before this episode. Oh, no. Heck no. Heck no. Yeah. No. Except for that one guy, unless you were that one guy. Now, did you have any idea that Billups was the decoy, this weird alien guy who can just skirt on by the bouncer? No, not at all. I thought it was Nick playing his own bounty hunter. Like, oh, I thought like he was playing his huh. own bounty hunter, looking out for himself, like trying to get the information so that no one really knew where he was. That's, That's a what very I thought it was at first. Idea. I didn't think of that. I was suspicious, though, just because am I supposed to understand the reference of what this guy looks like? I was trying to figure that out so mm. hard that every other thought just <laughs> went by the wayside. We haven't mentioned yet that <laughs> Talyn is back this week. That's right. Uh, I actually I sent you I sent you a message the other day where someone was saying, like, whenever Talyn is not on screen, the other character should be asking, where's Talyn? And then someone responded underneath. The reason they aren't asking is because she's holding the camera. And I, that just <laughs> that just makes me laugh. Because like that kind of thought process just really makes it's so absurd that I get. Yeah, it. it's so absurd that it works. And that is the explanation that makes sense in my head. So instead of a cave, we're in a tree. A big this this tree. gave me real Jurassic Park vibes with this angle and the overlook of the tree, like when the brontosaurus. I wonder if that's scares intentional. The yeah. Yeah, this like again, like we we see Mariner. You know, this is where she's kind of verging on getting other people in danger. Because like they they emphasize earlier on, like she's putting herself in danger. They keep saying that, like she's not being a jerk because she's only putting herself in danger. But here she was about to lead everybody into some combat, and thankfully the three of them were able to talk some temporary sense into her just a little bit the awkward silence when they decide we're just going to let it be tonight and we're gonna fall asleep it's like oh we're not gonna follow up on that we're actually gonna go to sleep we're yeah actually okay. gonna go to sleep this coming <laughs> up is Rainer. my favorite moment like <laughs> mm, teach me <laughs> right. how to tap dance beverly crusher <laughs> we know that boy more dreams about beverly crusher i, I'm I not love surprised. it so much yeah, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> right. It is cool that we see this Klingon again. Because he's been in previous episodes. This is a follow-up. I thought this was just the... Where else has we seen him in? Oh, golly. I I can't remember the episode names now because we're recording, of course, but... <laughs> well, well, this, go, this isn't um, the... Go this to Memory isn't the Alpha. Episode. Well, no, like, I, I thought that this was the guy who, this was just the guy on the ship. Like, this isn't the guy she met in Envoy, or, like, was friends with in Envoy. No, no, but we've seen him before. Oh, I, I, I really don't remember that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if, I wonder, I don't know if he was the, one of the lower deckers in Wage Douge, but he's been in something before, too. I read it. Yesterday, and for the life of me, I can't remember <laughs> what the oh, review this is one of the, said. This is one of those times when we got to have the listeners 
Yeah, chime in and tell us, us because your memories are way better than mine. Stupid knife rain. Yeah. That is terrifying. That, I don't understand yeah. how anything can survive. Ouch. Like, even vegetation. Like, how does even vegetation survive with knife rain? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, how do you combat that when everything is just coming out to slice you? Ow. All right, we're getting to the big moment of truth here. Where it's a right. Klingon this was a of huge all reveal. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said some really, like, he, he dropped some wisdom. I was really surprised because they didn't make it schmaltzy. They didn't make it over emotional. Like, he didn't break character. He was still mm-hmm. Klingon about everything that he said. But everything that he said made sense. Yeah. This dude needs to become a therapist. <laughs> I don't know how much honor there is in that, but he's really good at this job. Like, he broke right through to Mariner. That's amazing. And you have to consider. You must attack your negative self image. Right? Like, Kabla! imagine that as a motivational poster. Yeah. <laughs> Disembowel your anxiety. I would love a poster that says that. I do like that she opens up because she really does think that one of them is going to be dead soon because that's the only way that she It's would the only open reason. Up. Yeah. Right. Right. And yet, nevertheless, here we go. How. Okay. The end of. Or. TNG season seven toward the end is the time like just before maybe no 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 we got to go back to season five take that back for the first duty because presumably Mariner was at the academy with Cito yes and she does say that Cito is ahead of her like she grad she said she graduated ahead of me so we don't know if she was a freshman she was when she was a senior or a sophomore or a junior we have no idea I actually saw some some people try to do the math and this would put Mariner around her early 30s. Okay, so we're actually getting a little bit of definition to this question we've had this whole show. So that's great. And it, it yeah, I it, my point is with this is she's been carrying this for years. And mm-hmm. once again, I have to say, what is with the lack of therapy in the future? <laughs> like, and but I also have to remember, not everybody is willing to open up. A lot of people will hold their innermost thoughts and turmoil really close to the chest. They're very closely guarded. Might not even be fully aware of how things manifest inside yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, even if you have therapy available, you can't force somebody to go to therapy. That too. Uh, that too. It's just, it seems like this has been a very long time coming for her. We have been complaining on in season four, like Mariner, mm-hmm. Get your crap together. <laughs> but then now she comes out with this and the sympathy comes back like, oh my gosh, you've been dealing with this the whole time? Jeez, no wonder. I really like her her monologue here about what Starfleet is supposed to represent and what Starfleet's supposed to be. Because there's so many times that we've gotten this in other shows and it sounds really preachy and off-putting and really kind of like kind of too sweet you know what i'm saying too sugary mm-hmm, yeah and like, it's, yeah like this is really on the nose but mariner the way that she says it she's like i don't want to be a general i don't want to send my friends to die that felt so real and so honest and earnest that i think this is the best quote we are starfleet um speech out of all of new trek i really do believe that i think this is this really encapsulates in, in 
I'm not, not saying that right. Uh, but like <laughs> what Starfleet is supposed to be about. Right. And, yes. We constantly yeah. have this discussion about what Starfleet is, what it does. Are they scientists? Is it a military? That sort of a thing. How many people are like Mariner who just want to explore space and have a good time and then they find themselves in the line of fire and lose their friends? Like, I feel and, so raw and so honest. I, I love it too. And we see you, like, with the Dominion War. I love that she mentions the Dominion War. Right. Um, Probably some PTSD where, we, there. Yeah. We see Cisco, who is a brilliant general, probably the best Starfleet general that we've ever seen when it comes to wartime. But that doesn't mean he likes it. It doesn't mean he wants to be a general. Right. And we saw that many times. Yeah. I can't imagine a whole lot of people in Starfleet actually liking war. You just get roped into it when the circumstances make it necessary. And I love this TOS reference. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then we find out that he's, it's just a miniature person. Right. I love the little chair. I love that chair, man. It's very cute. It's so regal. Yes. And I love that we get Rutherford's x-ray vision. Mm -hmm. Have we seen that before? Did we know he could do that? Yes. Yes, we we have seen that before. Like he used it at least one time before in um, the mess hall. Okay. Okay. That was a cool use of his eyepiece. Nevertheless. I do love the constant berating of Starfleet in this. Because the one thing that Lower Decks is really great about is knocking Starfleet down a peg without completely... Uh, nullifying its existence like they're not saying starfleet shouldn't exist they're not saying starfleet is you know like uh is homogenous it's it's maybe it's a little pompous sure yeah i love the whole calling out of the entitlement that maybe Mm -hmm. i guess it is a little bit of a thing where you're wearing the starfleet officer you're there to save the day and help and be the hero and not everybody wants you around it is right, nice they call right. that out. And Mariner's also, just a moment in her moment of truth scene, she's, I, I have the right to call out BS where I see it. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about is that kind of stuff is like she's able to complain about this. She's able to do this because that's not what Starfleet is supposed to be about. But right. Starfleet is there when it happens. Yep. Yep. I that's also like I th- that they didn't make Freeman an idiot in this. Yes. Like she actually had a plan. She really did, and it was clever because it fooled us into thinking she's the fool, maybe once again. And yet, no. No, she had this the whole time. It was nice to see. I don't want her to be an idiot just because she's not the (laughs) captain of the Enterprise, you know? (laughs) Right. I do love that um, when Tindy comes out. Like she saves the day and it's not a Dos Ex Machina. Like we introduced this episodes ago. We sure did. And it's a nice callback to that adventure. And if she had not been here, then what? Yeah, it would have. It, it also would have been frustrating if this was the first time we saw it. We were like, oh, wait, Tendi's, you know, like oh, it would not. royalty. It wouldn't have hit the same way. Then it would have felt a bit more like a Deus Ex Machina. Like what? Did we miss something mm-hmm. here? But no, the instant Tendi arrives, we know why this lady stops in her tracks. So, oh my, this is so, 
Star Trek and so TV in general. But like we saw Mariner's back and she had three holes in her shirt from the <laughs> knife rain, from the ice or crystals or whatever. But there was no wounds. No wounds, just tore her shirt. <laughs> I mean, she got stabbed with a knife how many times when they were on Orion? I think it was at least three. Man, it's spot. a good thing the dermal regenerator can do things about scars. Otherwise, she yeah, would she, just be all over. Yeah, I mean, she must be hiding a dermal regenerator in her uniform. Oh, in the pockets that Rutherford just discovered. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're just discovering this now? Thank goodness the uniforms have pockets, so everything needs to have pockets. In the future, that's not a problem that women will have to deal with. Thank God. Women's fashion is the worst. They give us stupid little pockets that aren't actually pockets. You can't put anything in them. Fashion can so screw I would, off. So I thought this was going to be like if uh, when when the when the bounty hunters started coming towards them, I was like, oh, okay, so it's not Nick Lacarno, it's a member of Starfleet. I thought it was going to be Ransom. Like that's who I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah, that would have made sense. But then For I was like, oh wait, reason, no. Though? If the captain's on the planet, then Ransom would be running the ship why billups why did he get funny. picked for this role <laughs> i mean it is funny that is it yeah it's not as funny if uh ransom did it because you know what he would be do he'd be like showing off and doing push-ups we'd know it was him he'd be strutting his stuff yeah mm-hmm. so on this bird of prey we see a symbol that is also on nick lacarno's jacket yes and yes um, our good friend Jim Morehouse noted that it's the same kind of it, the symbol is very similar, if not an exact l- duplication of the starburst uh, maneuver that got Nick Lacarno kicked out of Starfleet. Yeah, I think we're supposed to take note of that, and that is definitely the thing. So Nick Lacarno is definitely in league with these people, but we don't know why or how. Right. We don't get to know that till next week. And so, like, the, we got our team who gets to commandeer a bird of prey just like the original crew. <laughs> yep. I love that so much. I also loved just sort of like the extreme close-ups on the bird of prey in this episode. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? I did notice that. You got to see a lot of detail. Yeah. Like, the bird of prey is just, like, really all up in this planet. Sort of like when, in Star Trek Four, the bird of prey goes after the whaling ship. It's like it's hovering now, right above you. This... Um, hit, like Nick Lacarno's ship, like where she woke up and there's like a desk and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong, but this looks kind of similar to um, the opening of the 31st century where we see that guy who's, sta- who's stationed um, at a Starfleet outpost and he's the only person like he gets up and brushes Ooh. his teeth and has like an alarm clock and everything like that. I, I could, I'm sure I'm way off base, but it just the minimalist style of just a bed and a desk made me think of that. <laughs> What in the minimalist hell is it? What in the minimalist hell? (laughs) Loved that line. And then those three words came up and this episode is over and we have to wait till next week to find out what happens. And it's going to be a long few days. I I really wish we could get. um, Because we know that Majel Barrett did some voiceover for future reference, like so that her voice could be used in the future. I, I really wish that we could get Majel's voice, you know, with everybody's permission because she gave permission saying, of course, previously on Star Trek Lower Decks. Right. <laughs> and now for the conclusion. 
And now the conclusion. Yeah. Exa- oh my gosh. I love that, her voice. The- oh, could they please talk maybe to Rod Roddenberry and allow that to happen and make some negotiate, give him a lot of money to, you know, so the Roddenberry estate, like, just make it happen. Yeah. Don't please. donate to charity in her name. Cause, and the only reason why I bring it up, cause I know this is a big deal right now with the, with the Screen Actors Guild is that she did record stuff in the future for this exact reason. That's all I'm it's saying. It's true. It's true. She really did. And thank goodness. And I do hope someday somebody puts it to good constructive use, not for evil, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at you, AI apps. Well, that's our show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to listen to other Nerd Party content or previous episodes from us, go to thenerdparty.com. You can find selections from all sorts of uh, different types of fandom, from uh, Harry Potter to Star Trek to Star Wars to books to movies to indie movies, blockbusters, everything that you could possibly want at thenerdparty.com. Find us on social media on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Just search The Nerd Party on Twitter. We're Join Nerd Party. And you can find us personally. I'm at the Insane Robin and Char. You can find me at Oh the Profanity. So please tune in next week as we finish out this season strong with Star Trek Lower Decks. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.